KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. We are dealing with extraordinary challenges and difficulties right now. Some of you have gotten sick or lost loved ones. Others have lost their income and stability. And we are all distanced from friends and family. Everything has changed overnight. Our world has been turned upside down. And we really don't know when the skies will clear. And I thought we could all use some tools to help us cope with this. Stanley Green is president of the Power Thinking Corporation. He has built a career on helping people develop resiliency and a positive outlook. And I asked him if he would help arm us with some of his resiliency tools. Stanley, thank you for joining us. Um, We're facing a pandemic, social unrest, and an economic train wreck. How do we survive this? Well, we we survive it actually uh, using a a particular set of skills that, uh, unfortunately, we're not taught in school. We usually uh, have to figure it out as we go along, but they are actually evidence-based skills that have been developed out of the University of Pennsylvania's Positive Psychology Center after uh, many decades of research that we not only can use today with these mega global setbacks, but but also with the minor setbacks. The same skills uh, can be at use on a daily basis when we have disagreements with uh, loved ones or colleagues or a loss of a job, even when we're you know, involved in sports, you know, loss of a, of a big game, uh, helping our children through the same. So there are actually skills that regardless of the size of the uh, pandemic, uh, where you are in the world, the same uh, mental skills uh, apply. First of all, tell us what is uh, power, uh, positive psychology and power thinking? Sure. Well, first of all, positive psychology is a relatively new branch of psychology. It has only been in existence within the past 20 years. But the research that formed it goes back about 50 years, which started with experiments done to prove in a theory by uh, Dr. Marty Seligman around what makes people move into a state where they feel helpless. And it's called learned helplessness. People can Google that and, and learn about the experiments that were done. And what was found was that after repeated setbacks or a major traumatic event, people could actually fall into a state of helplessness where even though there's a way out, there's a way up, they don't believe that they can make it. Then studies were done to prove the opposite, that people can actually learn to be more optimistic. And it's from that point that this movement towards a new branch of psychology called positive psychology began where the focus would be on taking people from wherever they are, whatever state they're in, and moving them forward, moving them to another level. So it's not about dealing with mental illness. It is about dealing with our current state and finding ways to help us move to another level. Now, power thinking was formed because I've, I've spent a lifetime you know, being exposed to uh, setbacks, uh, as we all have, you know, from um, having uh, uh, situations in my household where my dad left and major setback and and, uh, my mom uh, working to save the house and then ultimately, you know, helping others through an organization called the Consumer Education Protective Association. And that helped her bounce back to uh, sporting events, University of Pennsylvania, uh, basketball, you know, 
big setbacks and losses and then having to bounce back to business and helping organizations in the cable TV industry and uh, telecom, the synthetic turf, uh, bounce back or move to a higher level. So power thinking was formed after all of these experiences. And what I've found was that we have the power to rise to whatever level uh, that we set our minds to uh, to rising to. And we have the ability to bounce back from any adversity, minor adversities that we may experience on a daily basis to these mega, uh, mega global uh, adversities that we're experiencing today. And so when I discovered this company many years ago called Reflective Learning that actually had the rights to the evidence-based material, I thought, wow, these inner strengths and skills or simply common sense, but the things that people just don't necessarily put together in a, in a cohesive framework to move them forward. So power thinking is all about uh, making this material available around the world. I've done this in China, in, in Tokyo, Japan, and in the United States with various companies, uh, and now with the general public. I think, um, Stanley, you know, when you're in this a kind of emotional stew when things are happening in your life that you didn't plan on when you have these challenges and adversities, it can be overwhelming. And, you know, right now we're facing, you know, we're facing so much unrest and so much uncertainty. How do you, if you're feeling hopeless, how do you move beyond that, particularly if you've lost a job and you can't even meet your basic needs? How do you rise above that? and kind of develop these positive thinking skills. Sure. Well, there's uh, you know specific skills that that folks can 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 move to immediately uh when faced you know, with this kind of adversity. In fact, someone just emailed me reached out to me over the weekend and you know, I was invited him to uh, my calls uh, where we reinforced these skills and he said, "Look, uh, he was so down and out." He said, "There, you know, there's no positivity or negativity. There are only facts. He said, I'm not hireable. I'm too old. I'm spending my 401k now. And at some point, I'm going to lose my house. I have substandard health care. And I, I, at one point, I had a good life. Now I have a bad life. And I've made peace uh, with this fact that the previous life will never happen. But I haven't made peace with becoming poor. And this is what a number of people are experiencing in silence. Yeah. And the first thing that we have to recognize is that we're in a, in a really bad emotional state and we just need to calm ourselves down because when we have this, we can get very anxious. Uh, anxiety is one of the five big negative emotions that people experience. Uh, it is as a result of this fear of a future threat that we may be homeless and uh, that we'll never get back to where we were. And the, the best thing that we can do there is one of our seven skills of resilience and um, start to build that. And that's calming and focusing. Take deep breath, three seconds in, six seconds out. And the other is putting things in perspective. Now, while all these things may be happening, the first thing we need to do when we get up in the morning is, is find uh, the things that we're grateful for. Hey, we still have uh, our health. We may still have our health if we have a threat of losing the house, like my mother did, uh, you know, way back. But there may be a way to turn that around. So we're still in the house, and as long as we're still in it, there may be a way to save it. We still have friends and family that love us. 
And then at night before going to bed, many times we're thinking, oh, this, this, it's just getting worse and worse. The day was bad. But there are good things that happen during the course of the day. And so there are these three good things, three positive and powerful things that we need to kind of search for. And before going to bed, write those things down so that we don't wake up with, oh, get, this is going to be another horrible day. But wait a minute, there are a couple of things that happen. I made a phone call to someone who gave me some good advice as to perhaps how I can save my house, or maybe a couple of job leads, or maybe this is an opportunity to have my own business because there are companies that will take you in that says, hey, if you want to do commission sales, we can help you do that. And uh, you can actually make more money than you ever thought you could make. Those opportunities are out there, but we need to calm ourselves down and focus and then, and then put things in perspective. Those are two of the, uh, of the very, very important skills, critical skills that people need to learn. One thing I, I've learned in my life is that sometimes there's no way you could actually ever see the solution before it arrives. Yeah, it's very difficult to do because it's clouded by all these things, mm-hmm. um, all of the negative. And that's why we need to go through these exercises, because then it helps us, number one, to, you know, to, to keep the faith because, there, you know, uh, we have a lot of things that we're, we, we're grateful for when we really think about it. And the other is that there are good things happening in our lives. We just tend to focus on the negative. We have 50,000 thoughts that our brains are processing every day. And typically, 70 to 80% of those thoughts are negative. So it is really a chore. If folks try that exercise at night, it'll be difficult for the first few days to find that those positive gems that, that happen during the course of the day. But over time, uh, once you get used to it, it will really help. Stanley, one thing I hear a lot from people is, well, I don't have a choice. And, you know, I think that can be when you hear that, you kind of box yourself in, don't you? Correct. Correct. That's one of the um, is another skill uh, is avoiding thinking traps. And Dr. Aaron Beck, who's in his 90s, in late 90s and still living in Philadelphia, uh, actually considered the father of cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, which fo- he focused on cognitions. And what he discovered was that uh, there are about seven to eight thinking traps that, that our 50,000 thoughts will tend to fall into, things like jumping to conclusions or personalizing, we beat ourselves up too much, or when we externalize and blame others for what's happened to us, when we magnify, when we make a mountain out of a molehill, uh, and it's really not that big of a deal. But here's the one that really gets us caught up, and that is tunnel vision. We may have a goal, something we need to get out of this uh, situation, get a job, you know, make money, but yet, uh, we're focused on only one way to do it. You know, like the, the person that I talked about and said, hey, I'll never make money again. I'll never have that lifestyle. And the reality is there are opportunities because I've actually tried them that work where one can actually make more money than one has ever made. But they have to be willing to think differently, to shift their thinking and not be focused only on the one way to accomplish the income goal. Um, So these are the kinds of things that folks really need to think about. This idea of getting out of this tunnel vision thinking trap where there's only one way to accomplish a goal. If it it is about just a job and we may be in our late 50s and 60s and the likelihood of getting another job is not possible, then what else can we do? And believe me, there are plenty of other opportunities, probably more entrepreneurial opportunities, certainly presents a different challenge, but it is possible. 
So let's go back and talk about, you mentioned the five big negative emotions. You mentioned anxiety, fear of the future. What are the others? Well, folks in the Philadelphia area may experience uh, one as they're driving on the Schuylkill Expressway. Uh, I know when I would go from South Jersey out to Wayne and King of Prussia, you know, typically I'm, I'm using the expressway. And uh, many times as folks are driving along, they'll cut you off. And the first thing that we will experience, many people experience is a negative emotion. That negative emotion begins with an A, that is anger. <laughs> and we have to experience that because of uh, the sense that somebody violated our rights. We were violated. Uh, and but the reality is, if we, we can change that belief, if we don't believe that we were necessarily violated, but that the other person may be in a hurry, getting a job, we can actually eliminate that particular negative emotion for that particular situation. Uh, another is, is sadness. And that's where um, we have a loss, a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one. Another is guilt. We talked about anger being, you know, if we feel that somebody violated our rights, well, guilt is when we violate somebody else's rights. Now, I know I've cut people off and unintentionally, I didn't see them. And, I'm, and of course, they're, they're giving me the finger. And I'm, going, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And I feel guilty because I, I feel that I violated their rights. And then there is embarrassment. And there are a number of people that, you know, when we put everything that we have into our jobs, into our vocation, and it becomes who we are. Mm -hmm. And if something happens with the company and, and, it, and we don't have that job anymore, there's embarrassment. And that's a loss of standing within a group. We, you know, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to tell people that this happened to us because now we, we feel that we're less than and uh, that, that should not be. And, of course, we mentioned anxiety we can actually reduce the negative emotions that we experience and we can even eliminate those negative emotions. And that's how we become one of the main reasons, uh, ways to become more positive, And that's the eliminate the other side of the equation, those negative emotions, which are all driven by our beliefs about what happened to us, our beliefs about that adversity. And when we change those beliefs, we challenge those beliefs, which is another skill then we can actually eliminate uh, those negative emotions. Okay, before we get to that, I mean, Stanley, aren't these just normal human emotions, though? I mean, isn't it understandable that if you've lost your job, that you might be angry? Or if you've lost a loved one to a pandemic, you might be angry. Or if you've been shut out of, you know, what you believe is, is um, you know, getting ahead uh, in life that you would feel angry or sadness or even anxiety or embarrassment? I mean, aren't these just kind of natural things you would feel? Uh, they are natural and that we do feel them. But however, we can take more control and we can mitigate their effects on us because the reality is that uh, they, those emotions can affect us physically. And, and so while we may experience them, initially, and I, and, I, and, I, and I do believe that we can actually, and I've experienced this, as I utilize these skills, um, I've actually reduced uh, the occurrences and, uh, and eliminated some of them versus times when you know, I wasn't aware of you know, building these skills and they were more prevalent. So while we may experience them, the goal is to not experience them for long periods of time. This is about being resilient 
And getting to the point, and one of our skills of resilience is as we build these other skills, that we can actually bounce back in real time. So while we may be angry, we don't have to be angry for days and weeks. It could be a couple of minutes and we bounce back. And the same with our embarrassment. We lose that job. Uh, we can get really angry. We can, I had a situation where it was a hotel that was going out of business. And I remember talking to uh, the supervisor. He said, hey, I can't believe they did this to me. I've, I've put 25 years into this company. You know, I've sacrificed. I didn't go to my, my kids' events and uh, sporting events and recitals. And they did this to me. And I talked to another person about the same situation. And they took it very differently. They said, well, I guess I'll have two weeks vacation and I'm going to go out and look for another job. So what was different? Why did the other person hold on to that anger and the, others, the other didn't? Number one, the thinking trap that the one person fell into was externalization. They believed that the company did something to them. In the case, this was a, an Atlantic City hotel, and it, it wasn't about what the company did to them. It was about what the state of Pennsylvania did when they decided to go into the casino business, it really hurt the Atlantic City establishments and many of them closed down. So regardless of, of the company, it was uh, about you know the entire environment and the industry in one state versus another. Had he just taken a step back and just realized that it wasn't really the company that did something to him, which was his belief, if he would have challenged that belief and, and really looked at this objectively, that it was something that could not be avoided. The sooner he, he could do that, then the sooner he can move forward positively. So let's talk more about that. Talk more about what you mentioned, reducing negative thoughts. And you also said uh, there are seven, seven skills that you can use. So can you guide us through this? How do we go about doing this? How do we go about, I guess, thinking more positively and changing those negative emotions? Sure. Well, there are seven skills that we go over and every week in these 30 minute uh, uh, free calls that I have in the morning and in the evening on Wednesdays, we take just one snippet of a skill and we go over it. And so the, oh, the goal is over time that people will then get be more aware of what's going on in their heads and they can change uh, the beliefs that, that are driving these automatic thoughts that they're having. And the first one is called uh, the ABCs. And that is the, that's the relationship between the adversity, the thing that happened, the loss of the job, or let's take this Google Expressway where somebody's driving down the Google Expressway and somebody cuts them off. That's the A. Typically, people think that they're going from A to C. The C is the consequence or the negative emotion, the anger. But what really is happening is that there's a B in the middle. There's a belief about the adversity that really drove the negative emotion. And if they can focus on that belief and change that belief, the outcome, the consequence, the emotion can be different as well. There's avoiding the thinking traps. As I mentioned, there was externalizing. There's also when we beat ourselves up too much about losing that job, perhaps, uh, and we think it's us. And I, I, you know, I just, I never thought I was that good. It was all about me. And, and that needs to be avoided. Um, or mind reading. When we think we know what the other person's thinking, there's overgeneralizing. We know what that one is, painting mm. uh something with a broad brush. And that kind of led to a lot of the global unrest that we have today, the overgeneralizing that has gone on for far too long. 
There's minimizing when we blow something off. It's not that important. And there are others. And these are the thinking traps that we can actually become masters of, of detecting when it's happening in our heads and that we can say, oh, you know, I think I just jumped to a conclusion about something or I may be overgeneralizing and we can stop ourselves and, uh, and avoid it and discard that, that negative thinking trap. Then there's detecting icebergs. And what that is, is when we are able to really begin to drill down and detect these deep-rooted beliefs that we have that may not be serving us well, the next skill, and that's skill number four, is, is actually pushing back on those beliefs and challenging those beliefs, believing that every time somebody cuts us off, they're doing something to us. And I've had people, uh, as a result of attending my calls, who've actually found themselves becoming more calm when they have that incident, when someone cuts them off and they would actually mention it on the calls to say, I used to get really <laughs> angry and flip the finger and curse at the person. And I just don't do that anymore. And uh, they've been able to change because they challenged that underlying belief that this person did something to them. Then it's putting it things in perspective. I talked about that. Try to the three good things exercise, put it all in perspective. There's calming and focusing. And then finally, real-time resilience where, again, going back, because this happens so often with so many people, the Schuylkill Expressway, where you get cut off, and as opposed to going for five, ten minutes being angry at this other person and even you know chasing them, that you bounce back in real time, you're cool, calm, and collected, and you continue to focus on getting to your destination. Stanley, you mentioned, you know, you have you've had your own personal setbacks. And so I'm curious about how you came to this. Were you kind of just a naturally born positive thinking guy? Or do you remember going through some of this yourself and realizing that you had to kind of change the way you view things in the world? Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's the latter. I've gone through through things and I've watched my mother go through things. And I have said, you know, wow. You can bounce back from really, really difficult, challenging times, kind of on a, a more of a lighter side. And it's kind of funny. I, I started playing basketball when I was in eighth grade, the old Wagner Junior High in Philadelphia. And I, I got drafted. I was drafted into a game where the guys were really good and they didn't have enough players. So they, I was on the sideline and I was just watching and they told me to come and play. And I told them I couldn't play. I said, I don't know how to play this game. And they <laughs> said, oh, come on, you can play. And I grabbed the ball and I just, I ran with it and I didn't dribble it. And I, they said, oh, this guy is really <laughs> terrible. So the next day I was teased on the, on the, uh, the old six, uh, it's now a six bus on Ogons Avenue. Uh, it used to be a trolley all the way to school. And I thought, um, I, I can't stay in this place. I have to get better. And I worked and I worked. My mother bought a, a basketball for me for Christmas and I had a nearby recreation center. And I just kept playing and, and working on my, on my skills. This is what we're telling people to do with their mental uh, uh, you know, positivity. And I got better to the point where you know, by the time I was a junior in high school, Yale was interested, Davidson Temple, and of course, the University of Pennsylvania, uh, and Chuck Daly, who went on to be a two-time NBA champion, was our coach. And, you know, he wanted me to come to uh, to Penn, and, and it was uh, just a great experience. So that was just one of many experiences where I had, made, had a setback, you know, in business. I've had situations where, you know, for various reasons, I found myself out of a company. But I had to pull it together, and uh, the next situation was even better. 
So uh, there are ways, regardless of how bad it seems, uh, there are ways that we can pull ourselves out. And through these uh, skills, as we build these inner strengths, uh, we can get out of any situation and become happier and more positive and more productive. Stanley, one of the things you mentioned, embarrassment, the loss of standing, that makes it awfully difficult for people to ask for help, doesn't it? It sure does. There are actually seven inner strengths that we want to build through the skills that I identified. One is emotion regulation, the ability to stay calm under pressure, this impulse control, the ability not to say to do the first thing that comes to mind. And there are others. But the last of the seven is reaching out. And that's taking the initiative to connect with others and take action when faced with a setback or challenge. It's uh, challenge. That is the most difficult thing for people to do. And it's the thing that holds us back. So we've been conditioned as we, we grow up, you know, we, um, I remember at first grade, you know, trying to help a kid you know, write their name out and the teacher scolding me and said, uh, don't do it again. And uh, so don't help the kid out. And so the kid was encouraged to, you know, and forced to try to figure it out for themselves. And so that's the way we grow up. And so when we're faced with a setback, we're thinking, I got to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I, I got to figure it out. I can't talk to anybody about it uh, yet. I, I, I'm going to lose my, my standing with them. They're going to think, and we fall into these thinking traps. They're going to think less of me because I'm in this situation. And that's one of the beliefs that we have to counter, that we have to tough it out ourselves. That's the most critical belief that we have to get over and we have to reach out. And what we'll find is that people are there to help us. We heard the, you know, in, in, in Mr. Rogers movie and, of course, Mr. Rogers, uh, when the PBS stations talk about uh, looking for the helpers. Um, we're not conditioned to look for the helpers because the helpers are there. They, people want to help us. But it's up to us to step out of that comfort zone and risk this negative emotion of embarrassment uh, and what we'll find is that people are, are there. They want to help. They, they'll give us what we need to help us get out of that situation. And the sooner we do it, the faster we can get out of that rut. Stanley, you mentioned that you have free calls. I think you said, was it Wednesday mornings? How can people how can people tap into that? Sure. Uh, they can simply uh, text me at the 215-219-8409. We have uh, weekly calls, only 30 minutes. It's going to be the most uh, valuable 30 minutes that you'll spend all week, 7.30 a.m. Eastern to 8 a.m. Eastern time. And then again, we do it 9.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. And from time to time, I'll have what I call guest power speakers. Uh, I had Dick Vermeil talk about his experiences with not just all the successes, you know, folks, who are, but we'll have them talk about the setbacks as well. Uh, Coach Bob Wanauer, who took uh, – my team after our coach Chuck Daly left to the final four in March Madness uh, back in the late seventies with the with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Well, Penn University of Pennsylvania was in that final four. It was the year after I graduated. Um, we had Dr. Emma Chappelle who who started uh, the uh, the first black bank in Philadelphia, United Bank, uh, and most recently a uh, USC quarterback who went into uh, with his team in the Alabama in nineteen seventy and. Uh, because they beat Alabama so soundly and they were integrated, it forced the Alabama, the entire state of Alabama, who are all Alabama fans, or some of them Auburn, of course, to think differently about integrating. And they decided to accelerate the integration of the Alabama football team. So we've had these guest 
power speakers as well, but our participants. We have well over 100 people on these calls, and they uh, they offer their comments uh, around some of the various skills and inner strengths that we discuss. It's so easy. So 215-219-8409, text me, and uh, we'll get you on the texting uh, reminder list. I think it's so easy, isn't it, to get stuck into that rut or maybe one of your thinking traps where you see people who are very successful and you think that they had it made, that their path must have been cake, a cakewalk, right? Oh, sure. That is so easy. And that's, we're always focused on success. And so we think uh, that when we see people succeed, that I want this just to be a straight line up. And then when we have that setback, we tend to think, well, I guess I'm not destined for that because other people, they just seem to just go all, you know, straight up and have no problems. Uh, why can't my life be that way? But then what we find when we talk to them, they'll share with us that, oh, no, I've had major setbacks as well. I actually worked for, uh, when I ran cable systems many years ago for Suburban Cable TV and the entrepreneur, uh, Jerry Lenfest, who passed away just a couple of years ago. You know, we turned some, one of the inspirations for what I do now is uh, through the experience I had turning around a Delaware County cable system that uh, was almost dead last out of 13 cable systems. We moved it to number two in a year and a half. But Jerry was one that everybody looks to and says, you know, he was great philanthropist, most successful man. And their setbacks he shared with me personally. And I was surprised to hear. It was inspirational because I thought, okay, so when I had the setbacks, I know that those people who are very successful have also had setbacks, maybe not the same, but they've had setbacks as well, and they found ways to to bounce back and get over them. Stanley, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate all the advice you've given us today. Thank you, Carol. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.